At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the big game right around the corner, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is hour number two of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shaw. One hour down, two more to go as we set the table for the NFL Conference Championship Sunday coming up tomorrow. College Hoops, big slate going on right now as well. We're keeping our eyes on all the games going out throughout the day. But Amal, you're feeling good. You're sweating out this game right now. We'll get to that in just a bit. But I want to start out with our favorite segment on the show, on our weekend shows. And it's called Stop, Drop, Shut Them Down, Open Up Props. And we're sorry, st- one, more, one more time in English. <laughs> Stop, Drop, Shut Them Down, Open Up Got Props. It. Okay. For the folks who are keeping tabs at home. Most passing yards, Mall, for Sunday's action. We have four quarterbacks who are in the market. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford. Now, we have co-favorites with Burrow and Mahomes at plus 220. Stafford's at plus 230. Garoppolo, plus 500 in this game. Do any of those odds kind of look appetizing for you in terms of the most passing yards among the four quarterbacks in tomorrow's games? I think... uh... Burrow and Mahomes, both are dangerous here, right? I mean, if you think Kansas City's going to be in the lead, then you think maybe Cincinnati's got to throw the football. And remember, the last drive of the game, you could potentially get 75 yards passing. That's you always, really can. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge edge. So something to pay attention to in that one. Well, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes' passing yards prop was going under prior to the two minutes there against the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, that one soared over the total there for his individual props. But I wanted to ask you about Jimmy Garoppolo here at plus 500. Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of seen as the distant fourth quarterback among these four. And he's, along with Mahomes, is the only other one who's played in a Super Bowl. Now, how he got there is for everyone's interpretation, but he's actually been there. Garoppolo talked to the media earlier this week because he's faced a lot of criticism throughout these playoffs, hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. The offense didn't score a touchdown in their win over the Green Bay Packers. Here's what Jimmy G had to say about some of that outside noise that is trying to infiltrate the 49ers organization. 
I don't know. I think just knowing knowing yourself and knowing who you are plays a big part of that. Because you know, if you get lost in it and start believing some of those things, it could take you down the wrong road. So I don't know. I think it's just about knowing yourself as a player, as a person. And uh, you know, as long as these guys in this locker room, you know, have faith in me and belief in me, that's all I really care about. You know, it's good that the guys in the locker room have faith in him and believe in him because I don't think anybody else does. And I'm not, and even deep down, I don't think 49ers fans have faith or belief in Jimmy Garoppolo. The betting market clearly doesn't as he's plus 500 to lead the league at most passing yards this week. But do you think that there's a chance that Garoppolo can nobody believes in me himself into having a good day tomorrow against the Rams? Well, look, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, they got a great chance. The one problem with Garoppolo is the critical mistake. We saw it in the red zone against the Green Bay defense. You know, they only scored six offensive points in that game, including the extra point, I'm sorry, uh, two field goals. Yep. So didn't do much offensively. As long as he doesn't beat them offensively, I think they got a great shot. They got to feel pretty good with him there because they've got immense talent. Um, when you, I mentioned earlier, the Browns, Tennessee, the San Francisco 49ers, these teams are all a quarterback away. By the way, I noticed Kevin, our audio engineer, left. Was that because I said uh, Russell Wilson should leave the Seahawks and go to Tennessee? I know he's from <laughs> Seattle, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, look, Kevin's a Cleveland guy, actually. So, I mean, he he's left. a Browns fan because his family's from there, but I yes. he grew up in Seattle, yes. so I wasn't <laughs> yeah. sure. I don't blame him. Back when he grew up, the Seahawks weren't good. They were not. They were not. Yeah. <laughs> and then now they're, uh, they're not good this year, I guess, either. Uh, with Russell Wilson, who knows what happens there. But it's interesting that Garoppolo, plus 500, and how he's kind of playing this. And credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, quote-unquote, blocked out that noise because the noise has been loud all season long ever since they drafted Trey Lance. People have been clamoring for Garoppolo to be replaced, and I've been one of them, admittedly. I don't think Garoppolo is a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl, but they're two games away from proving me wrong. It's just... It goes to show that this is a team sport what? is why Jimmy I, G is here. Look, regardless of whether they win or lose the Super Bowl, it doesn't change my perception of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Remember, Baltimore won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Shannon Sharp had one of the great lines of all time to Trent Dilfer. He goes, Trent, G, uh, Johnny Unitas, you are not. <laughs> I mean, you know, so. So mean. But. It goes to show you if you have a great running game, a great defense, you can win. And Kansas City wins with a great offense. Uh, San Francisco is going to get there by a great defense. Uh, the, uh, the Rams are going to get there by a, a mixture of things. Mm -hmm. And Cincinnati would get there by a great offense and then a defense making timely plays. It's one why football is my favorite sport. There's so many different ways to win as we see so many different varieties of teams this late into the season. Moving along to the most rushing yards here in Mall. Eliza Mitchell, the 49ers running back, is the favorite at plus 250. You have Joe Mixon plus 300, Cam Akers plus 350, Debo Samuel at plus 500, and then Clyde Edwards Alaire 7 to 1, Jarek McKinnon 9 to 1, Sony Michelle 16 to 1, Patrick Mahomes 22 to 1. I want to ask you about him here in just a bit. Daryl Williams at 30 to 1. What stands out to you with the most rushing yards for tomorrow's games? Two things. Number one, uh, Cam Akers had two fumbles. Any concerns there from a Rams perspective? I think you look at Sony Michelle, 16 to 1. And then the other side, I like Jarek McKinnon. He can get on the edge, got good speed. They used him a lot more. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is looking like maybe not the right pick for them. I thought they should have taken J.K. Dobbins when he came when they were both out at the same time. Or with the Ravens. <laughs> Or 20 defenders. You're absolutely right about that. You know, you bring up a good point. God, this team could have used a defensive player. Just one even. Um, yeah, absolutely. So something to pay attention to there. I, I would look at a couple of the long shots here. I I'm telling you, Debo Samuels uh, at 5-1 to one wouldn't necessarily take him at that price, but he's going to be dangerous, man. He is so good. By the way, I like the timing of these games here. I like the fact that um, – 
the the AFC game is early because I think the NFC game is probably going to be the better matchup. It's going to be a little bit lower scoring, but I feel like either side that wins going to be a three four point winner. Yeah, betting market is telling you that it's going to be the more uh, competitive game as we see that one at three thirty Pacific time, six thirty over on the East Coast. Now Patrick Mahomes, Mamal, he's twenty two to one right now. Last week he was eighty to one to have the most rushing yards, and lo and behold, Mahomes led the league in most rushing yards in the divisional round with how he was just kind of scampering all over the place. He had one more yard than Josh Allen did in last week's action here. Do you see Mahomes' legs once again being a factor in this game against the Cincinnati Bengals? I think Mahomes' legs are a factor all the time. I think they're just undervalued because he's not a straight-line speed kind of guy. He's not shifty. He just makes the right play on third down uh, when he needs to run, those types of scenarios. So I, I think he's a guy that's underappreciated and a little bit underrated from that point of view. But I, I wouldn't pick him to be the leading rusher this weekend. Isn't it funny to say that Mahomes is a little underrated in some aspects of his game? Just because of like how he's a former MVP, Super Bowl MVP, all that, like the kind of the best quarterback in the NFL. But, but he, he's 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 amazing. Yeah, but, but I'm going to tell you something. This is going to sound absurd to some people. I think Brady's underrated because when you make the argument that Belichick is the reason why New England is good, then you're underrating Brady. The guy goes to Tampa. All they do is win a Super Bowl. I mean, to me, a little it, mixture of both, I think, for that New England dynasty. Well, look at the stats on how many times Belichick's made the playoffs and how many playoff wins he's had without Tom Brady at the quarterback, and then get back to me on that one. Well, I mean, you can do that with any coach. I mean, I mean, yeah, but, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. This guy takes Bruce Arians to the Super Bowl. Where was Bruce Arians without him? And that, that's not necessarily the case because, to me, there's other players that go on other teams. L- look, in, uh, in Washington, Joe Gibbs won with three different quarterbacks. Yeah. In nine years, he won three Super Bowls. So don't give me that argument. I mean, Joe Gibbs might be an outlier, but every, every. So then you're saying Joe Gibbs is better than Belichick. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, then tell that. me, then tell me why can't Belichick win with different quarterbacks, but Joe Gibbs could win with three different guys who couldn't cut it anywhere else in the league. He made the playoffs with Mac Jones. He's not really lighting the world on fire. He gets the benefit of playing the New York <laughs> Jets for the last 20 years. He gets the benefit of playing the Miami Dolphins, who actually Brian Flores is the biggest surprise firing in the NFL. That's why that tells you how bad the Dolphins organization has been. Yeah. Outside of the last couple of years, Buffalo's taken the last two decades off. I mean, it helps when you get six wins every year just for suiting up and making sure your team bus arrives at the opponent's stadium. The reason why I say it's a mixture of both is because you're never going to have 20 years of dominance and it only being one person. That just is not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What, what I'm saying, though, is if you look at uh, who's the key cog in that, to me, it's, it's I mean, if, if you ask me who would I rather have, Belichick or Brady, of course I'm going to take Brady because no, he's the but quarterback. So many, so many of these people make the argument, oh, it's Belichick, it's Belichick. I'm like, well. No, I mean, it, it, you have to have guys on the field, and the quarterback is the most important person in the organization. I agree with you there, but Belichick is also still the greatest head coach, even though he played with the greatest quarterback of all time. It's, that's why I say it's I don't, I don't even think he's the greatest head coach. Okay, that I will not listen to. Okay, uh, you ever heard of a guy named Bill Walsh? <laughs> you might have heard of the West Coast offense. Yeah, I, I've heard of Bill Walsh, and I've heard of Bill Belichick's defense. Also, kind of stopping them in those NFC title games, huh? First of all, Bill Belichick couldn't get a stop. Wait, how many times are the Giants? How many times did the Philadelphia Eagles punt against the New England Patriots? Who was the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants when they were beating those San Francisco 49ers? Who was the head coach then? Yeah, Bill Parcells, but who was his defensive coordinator? And what was Parcells' game plan? Run the ball with OJ Anderson. And what was the defensive game plan crafted by Bill Belichick? Moving along, most receiving yards, Cooper Cup. Everybody wants to move along here because they have no debate skills, can't substantiate their arguments. If George Seifert could take that team to a Super was Bowl. It was all Bill not Walsh. Clear. Was it not clear? <laughs> was it, was but, uh, it not clear? <laughs> you think Bill Walsh's offense would get shut out in a Super Bowl? 
No, I don't think his but, offense well, how come Belichick's defense couldn't get a stop? Well, Belichick's defense got stops against the L.A. Rams when Tom Brady in that offense put up 13 it's points. It's Jared Goff. That guy should be selling Subways at Sandwich. <laughs> I mean, Sandwiches at Subway. Give okay. me a break, okay. Jared Goff. Who stopped the greatest show on turf? Yeah, that's what happens when you tape uh-huh. other teams. Uh-huh. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we get Eric Mangini on the line and ask him what he thinks about that? I'm sure he's got something to say. <laughs> you and your buddy Mangenius, huh? <laughs> no, he was making it up. He just decided, I'm going to indict everybody. I'm going to blackball myself from the league. I mean, come on. I think it's greatest head coach, greatest quarterback, which is why you see the greatest dynasty in NFL history. We got 30 seconds left. Cooper Cup is the favorite to be the most receiving yards, plus 225, Chase plus 450, uh, Tyreek Hill plus 650. Going to likely come from one of those guys. Which one do you like the most? I think this one you can go with Hill or Chase simply because these guys are explosive. And by the way, Femi, when would you get a price like this on these guys? Think about the Tyreek Hill 650. You know, one slant play we talked about. You talked about the speed factor with him last week. It's unbelievable. Jamar Chase same thing. Remember that game in Baltimore earlier this year? Similar situation. I, I think there's so many opportunities there. Speaking of coaches, we're talking coaching Chorus Hill on the other side. It's better. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Any part of our show or anything on the recent schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abepefe alongside Amal Shah. We're talking all things NFL Championship Sunday, college hoops. And to kind of get you guys caught up on what's going on in college basketball right now, the Duke Blue Devils, once leading by 13 in the first half, now only lead Louisville by two. They went off as six-and-a-half-point favorites on the live line at BetMGM. Duke is minus four-and-a-half total at 154-and-a-half. 47-45 is our score. Mall. Before we get into these other games that we're sweating out here, anything in the live number that jumps out to you? You know, not really right now. Uh, I'll tell you the uh, couple of games that are intriguing to me, uh, one of them, them being the TCU-LSU game right now. LSU down by 10, but this team has had 
Uh, so many games this year where they've come from behind. Now it's going to be tougher on the road in this one and forward. Jamie Dixon, an outstanding coach for the Horn Frogs, struggling from beyond the arc, but they still have a 10 point lead because they are 15 for 22 inside the arc. You have a play on Duke Moneyline tied to a parlay here. With Butler. With Butler. Mm -hmm. And right now, Butler, they are leading Georgetown by eight points, 42-34, as we're approaching about 13 minutes left to go in the second half. Louisville, they got the fired coach bump. I know a lot of betters in the market. The game opened nine, closes six and a half. People thought that this could be a nice little uh, dead cat bounce for the Louisville Cardinals. And it didn't start out that way, but your buddy Coach K is now letting back into the ball. Game. Yeah, this is a tough game for me, right? I need Duke to win the game, but as much as I can't stand Coach K, at least if I lose this game, I'll know and uh, I'll feel good that Louisville actually knocked off Duke. You know, I think the one thing is it's, it's not necessarily for me about the coach firing bump. It's more about the fact that Whenever Duke plays anybody, they get everybody's best shot. Yep. And so you you always see that. And you're going to have a bigger crowd. The crowd's more enthusiastic. And I'm sure Coach K's trying to intimidate the referees for about three fouls right now already. <laughs> a game that we're both sweating. We're going to mano a mano. It's a little betting across America head to head here. Michigan, Michigan State. Mall laid four, no, three and a half. I'm sorry. What did you? Well, I got three, three overnight at three, but I, uh, the you number I get here is four simply because that's what was readily available. I saw this number last night. I couldn't believe it that it was at three. I thought it would have been higher. Uh, just simply because Sparty at the Breslin Center is so tough. Well, when the books took my action of plus four and a half, they knew they had to make some adjustments. So then they went down and they gave you a little bit of a valuable betting opportunity. But Sparty right now, they lead it 36 to 32, under two minutes to play in the first half. So I'm on the Michigan side. Amal's on the Michigan State side. If the game lands four, then it's a betting across America. Fantastic day here. We'll see what happens. We, we, we don't have to worry about that. Sparty's going to just keep turning it over. So I mean, it's really bad. It's, that's the funny thing. To your point, the Ooh. number of turnovers on this game have been just incredible on both sides. Just some sloppy play on both ends. It's always a close game, and that's kind of why I took the points there with my rationale. Just you get these two rivals, Michigan, Michigan State, and it feels like this is the biggest rivalry. Like, like Michigan, Ohio State is the biggest rivalry in football, but Michigan, Michigan State, for these two teams, these in-state schools, it feels like the basketball rivalry is a little bit more heated, and it tends to be close, and I took the points, and we'll see how this thing kind of hangs up as right now Michigan trails by two at the free throw line trying to make it a one-point game with a minute 32. So that's our college hoops. Whip around. We'll keep our eyes on that, but speaking of the whip arounds and the carousels, the NFL head coaching news, Amal. We've had three hires so far in the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett hired by the Denver Broncos. He was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Matt Eberflus, the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator, now the head coach for the Chicago Bears. And then just as of yesterday evening, Brian Dayball, the former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, hired to be the head coach of the New York Giants. Which hire do you think is the best for you? It's hard to gauge these things. I put it out on Twitter. I think we're just guessing, typically when we make our uh, proclamations and evaluations of these hires, but which one kind of is the most intriguing to you? The, um, you know, to me, Brian Dayball, because he's done such a great job with Josh Allen, but I think that helped Buffalo a lot in Allen's success because they had so much continuity for so long there. So I think that's something that's uh, intriguing. But I thought you brought up a great point, which is we don't know what these guys are going to be. We project based on, you know, how they were at their previous organization. Mm -hmm. Don't know necessarily how it's going to translate. Different players, different scenarios. How good of a communicator is the coach? What kind of, um, you know, command does he have of yeah, the leadership? Room? Yeah, absolutely. So many different factors there. So for me, it's hard to judge or gauge who's going to be good or who isn't. Yeah, it just goes back to show that, like, 
a, a lot of times when we see that this person is going to be the slam dunk hire. I think Matt Rule is an example of that. Everyone loved Matt Rule heading to Carolina. Now, he can still turn things around with the Panthers, but so far it hasn't been good, and people have been kind of clamoring for Matt Rule not to be fired, but the, the, the seat's starting to warm up a little bit heading into 2022 for that Panthers organization, and he was seen as the bell of the ball when he was in the head coaching cycle there. We just don't know enough, and I think a lot of people sometimes make the wrong uh, assumption that because you're a good play caller, that means you're going to be a good head coach, or because you're a good defensive schemer, it means you're going to be a good head coach. But only the scenarios, like you mentioned, that if you're a leader and all those things come to fruition, then that's ultimately what decides if you're a good head coach or not. We have some head coaching markets from DraftKings. You can bet on this stuff. For the folks who are uninitiated, you can bet on who you think will be the next head coach for the handful of teams that have vacancies as of right now. The New Orleans Saints, kind of a surprising vacancy. Sean Payton retiring for the New Orleans Saints. Well, the favorite at DraftKings, this market is not available on BetMGM, so we're going to use the DraftKings odds here. Dennis Allen is the favorite at plus 150. He is the current Saints defensive coordinator. Eric B. Enemies plus 400. Aaron Glenn, who used to be with the Saints coaching staff, now the defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. He's plus 550. Joe Lombardi plus 650. It's hard to gauge unless you have the information yeah. for these markets. Like it's these are very like the NFL draft, very information-based markets. But right. do any hires or any coaching candidates who you've heard be cycled around the cycle kind of stand out to you as a guy that these teams should be targeting? Yeah, I think Brian Flores is one. Uh, I mean, to me, I thought he did a tremendous job in Miami. They had challenges at the quarterback position. They still continue to win. They got things turned around. The only negative of Flores is the teams have gotten off to slow starts. You'd like to see a little bit more consistency from an offensive, excuse me, from an overall standpoint if you are looking at him. Um, you know, I think uh, Dan Quinn and Todd Bowles, I like both guys as defense coordinators. I think those are guys I would consider again. Remember, they've had short stints in the league. I am not interested in Doug Peterson, and I'll tell you single-handed. Really? Yeah, one play. There's one play you go back to, and this, this honestly, Femi, I, I know you think sometimes, I'm jo I am joking around with stuff when we were arguing on some of these things, Yeah. but you go back to a play Philadelphia ran against the Minnesota Vikings. It was a fake field goal. It was about nine seconds left in the half. The ball was at the 30-yard line. And um, they, they run a fake field goal. Here was the problem with the play. If you succeed in the completion of the fake, if it doesn't score, you don't have enough time to run another offensive play. you got to kick a field goal. Mm -hmm. That kind of stupidity, I don't want in my head coach. No, I'm serious. That, that's just a bad, bad play call. And it's just utterly ridiculous that he would make that kind of error. And it's consistent with him. I thought, you know, Reich was the guy that kind of made things go. We've seen the success they've had in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So, to me, I'm not interested in Peterson. Um, Dennis Allen, I think, is a smooth transition for the Saints. He's done a tremendous job with that defense. Um, I always liked Aaron Glenn as a player. Um, I'm not as high on Eric Bieniemy maybe as some other people are because it's Mahomes. I, I don't know. Are you are you going to be good or not? I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if it was Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy that called that stupid play where they went on the uh, on the perimeter there. I can tell you right now that'd be Exhibit A in my uh, rebuttal against <laughs> the, why it would bring the you option in. play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was awful. Uh, Van Strost is another guy I think is pretty solid. So I, I think there's a bunch of names here. I'm not sold on Kellen Moore. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not even sold on Kellen Moore. I think I, th I think he'll be a good play caller, a good offensive coordinator. He just needs a little bit more seasoning. He's only been doing the job for like two years. Yeah. So uh, I think there's a little more seasoning for Kellen Moore, and I think a lot of organizations are seeing that as he's been making the rounds, but apparently he's going to be hi uh, interviewing for a second time for the Miami Dolphins, so we'll see what comes of that. Now, important to note, these markets at DraftKings only available in Colorado, Arizona, and Wyoming for the people who can bet on these head coaching situations. You mentioned Brian Flores. Flores is 
is a co-favorite for the Houston Texans job alongside Gerard Mayo. Both those guys have ties to New England. Nick Casario there worked in New England for quite a bit of time, so he's very familiar with those guys. Doug Peterson is the favorite to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. You're a little hard on Doug Peterson. I, I, I don't think Doug Peterson is a great coach. I think he's still a good coach just because – Frank Reich was very instrumental in them winning that Super Bowl in 2017. But when Frank Reich, Frank Reich left, Doug Peterson still won a division with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. Anybody uh, that can do that, to my, in my opinion, I think is I don't think you can be a bad coach and accomplish that. Your Honor, I'd like to present exhibits A, B, and C: the Washington Football Team, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> and the New York Giants. Oh, case dismissed. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's I mean, like the AFC East. It's a bad, horrific division. I mean, you can say the same thing about Frank Reich with the AFC South this year. I mean, they didn't win the division. Tennessee I mean, had the best record in the NFL. They did, but, I mean, we just saw them. They, they looked like a juggernaut last Saturday. No. They didn't look like some sort of juggernaut. I mean, like, that's a division that was very gettable. They lost to the Jacksonville no, Jaguars. But you can't be you, – you have one bad game. You're comparing it to an accomplishment over 17 games? I mean, one bad game was the game with the season on the line. <laughs> I, still, I mean, you know – Tampa played great last year and then one game, one bad game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and nobody remembers them. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, these things are fickle. They are very fickle, all, but all, all I'm saying is if you look at Peterson, some of the decisions he makes, some of the, some of the just overall decision-making, I, I just, if I'm Minnesota, I'm not excited about him. Peterson, he used to be in Kansas city. I tell you who is in Kansas city. That's Aaron Ladd of KSHB over there at 41 in Kansas city. He'll join us next to talk all things Bengals chiefs, AFC title game. It is betting across America presented by BetMGM. This is betting across America on v the sports betting network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VEASAN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on championship weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join VEASAN betting experts during, before, after the action on VEASAN.com. Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we've been talking a lot about this Bengals-Chiefs game. We talked to Richard Skinner of Local 12 Cincinnati to get the Cincinnati perspective. Now let's bring in Aaron Ladd of KSHB41 in Kansas City to get the Chiefs perspective of this game. Aaron, good to see you once again. Well, now, we had you on last week. You weren't very confident in this Kansas City team. Where is your confidence level this week going into tomorrow's game? You didn't even wait, man. You just uh, <laughs> ripped the Band-Aid off right away. Yes, I had Buffalo by three. And yes, with two minutes left in the game, I looked like a very smart man. With 13 seconds left in the game, I looked like a very smart man. But Patrick Mahomes doesn't care about my predictions. He doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't care about what Buffalo had to do to be in that situation. Wow, something special happened in that AFC divisional round. I think Kansas City bottles that up. The fear of knowing that they were about to clean out their locker, the fear that the season was almost over. And I think they bring that not only into this championship weekend, but maybe a game that's happening in a few weeks in L.A. 
Aaron, you mentioned it. This team uh, obviously is incredible what they can do offensively. But defensively against a good offense in Cincinnati, how concerned are you? Because let's be real here. Had Buffalo received that kickoff in overtime, I didn't feel like uh, they were going to get a stop the Kansas City defenses or was. And in terms of this weekend, Burrow, Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, we already know they lost once to them. Can this offense have the same success they had previously? Uh, I, I do believe Kansas City will have some measure of success, and I'm using Week 17, the matchup that we saw last saw these teams play, uh, as a guide point. Yes, Jamar Chase went off. Yes, he was having his way. Word to the Migos, 266 <laughs> and, and, and three scores. But Steve Spagnuolo was honest. You got uh, with talking with reporters this week. You got to have a different plan. He's got to come in and give a little bit more help. And, and maybe what we saw in the divisional round was skewed by the fact that safety Tyron Matthew uh, was unable to play after the first. Uh, defensive drive. He's uh, still in concussion protocol, according to head coach Andy Reid, but they're expecting him to be ready to go. We know that's the vocal leader for Kansas City, the emotional leader for that defense, uh, and maybe his impact kind of calms down your worries and fears about their defense. And I say that in the same breath as Gabe Davis being the first uh, to ever have four receiving touchdowns in the divisional round. So, no, this isn't the same defense that we saw holding opponents to nine points during the start of that winning streak, but they're finding ways to get the ball back in the hands of Patrick Mahomes, and that's the most important thing you can do as a defense. We're speaking with Aaron Ladd, the sports anchor over at KSHB 41 in Kansas City, talking all things Bengals, Chiefs, AFC title game tomorrow afternoon at Arrowhead Stadium. Aaron, we mentioned that week 17, we saw that game. Bengals win that one 34-31. They clinched the AFC North. But the Chiefs were up by 14, 21-7, 28-14, 28-17 at halftime. What went wrong for Kansas City in the second half of that Week 17 contest? I just finished talking about the best thing you can do is put the ball in the hands of Patrick Mahomes, and he didn't have the ball in his hands in the second half. Just three possessions for number 15 in the offense in the second half, and it, it didn't get it done compared to what Burrow and Chase were able to do in the second half, if Cincinnati wants to continue the Cinderella season and, and continue their formula uh, through the AFC, they, they've got to replicate that specific part of what was so successful for them in week 17. In the first half, Mahomes and the offense are clicking. They're all over the field. They're scoring on four straight possessions. Second half, they only have three possessions. They're limited in that. And, and that was the difference, in my opinion. Aaron, I want to ask you specifically about Patrick Mahomes. You know, I had Kansas City in this game last week, and I thought when Buffalo scored, it was over. But I'm telling you, when Mahomes walked out there, now whether they scored or not, he looked like he had the confidence and the belief that they were truly going to get into field goal range. You're around this team. You cover the team. What is the dynamic with him, this offense? Because in all honesty, it feels like if they don't beat themselves, whether it's by penalties, he doesn't have a propensity to turn the ball over too much. He did have 13 picks this year, but it just seems like the level of confidence is at a max level, and it, ju it just comes down to whether they make a mistake or not. And Eric Bieniemy and Travis Kelsey gave us a lot of really good insight uh, on this this week and what their preparation was going into that situation. Eric Bieniemy said, "Hey, we have three plays specifically called in that situation that we know exactly what we're going to." And McCole Hardman said, "It's almost down to a one-word play call uh, because they've run and they and they've trilled and they've practiced and prepared for these situations for so long." Uh, they knew exactly what to do. I know 13 seconds is the, is the number that's making the headlines and all over, but really, Amal, it's nine seconds. The the two plays, it only took nine seconds, and you snapped the field goal off uh, with four seconds left. I think it's a, a testament to not only the chemistry that we've seen between Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, but the other guys as well. And you give a nod to the offensive line, who is a new, new unit working together uh, to be able to pull this all off. But 
preparation makes perfect and practice makes perfect. And Kansas City was able to pull it off uh, in primetime last Sunday. Aaron, you mentioned this offensive line last year. We saw them decimated with injuries and impact the Super Bowl. Creed Humphrey, the kid out of Oklahoma, has been tremendous for this team. I, I think he's a guy that many people may not pay attention to the O-line and what he's been able to do for them. And, and, and that's kind of the testament of a good offensive lineman, right? When you don't hear his name, when you don't know who yeah. he is, <laughs> if, if you're a casual listener, Creed Humphrey's been a rock star uh, out, of, out of the University of Oklahoma. And Andy Reid was asked, hey, when did you know you could trust this guy each and every snap in the National Football League for what is now going on game 19 and 20 of the year. And he said he saw it on tape at OU, talked with a lot of his coaches. This is a guy who's easy, easy kill, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Uh, and he, he's he got a cult following here in Kansas City, too, because he's come in and, uh, <laughs> and really steadied the ship for Patrick Mahomes in that offensive line. Who on Kansas City, Aaron, do you think has the big game tomorrow? Because we saw Tyreek Hill do his usual playoff game performance, 150 yards. Travis Kelsey had 96 yards for them. Mahomes, of course, was fantastic. But if you had to pick one player, who do you think has the big game for this Chiefs offense? And, Femi, I, I hope we're writing these down because last week when you had me on, I gave you McCall Hardman. You did. And he scored, <laughs> right? So I hope people are, are watching this. Uh, I go Byron Pringle again, man. We're talking playoff P. Everybody's pushing P. P <laughs> in Kansas City is Byron Pringle, three touchdowns in the last two games. Not only does Patrick Mahomes trust him in the red zone, but Travis Kelsey seems to trust him in the red zone as well. He threw his only career touchdown to Byron Pringle against the Steelers in the wild card round. Byron Pringle is a threat in this offense, uh, especially when they need a score up there against the red zone. Aaron, it seems like a little bit of faith has been lost in CEH, uh, and I love Jarek McKinnon, especially on the perimeter. He's got good speed, uh, can be a difference maker. Who do you prefer in this game in terms of potential carries? Because we're looking at prop bets on these two. And uh, the props for Edwards Hilaire is at 37 and a half. So I just want to get your take on who you see as the better back or better fit for this offense as of right now. Uh, I think as of right now, McKinnon has, has got to be the better fit in the offense. And, and quite honestly, probably the running back that uh, the coaching staff trusts a little bit more. But Clyde Edwards Alaire is going to have a role in this offense. It, 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 what makes it muddy for us, uh, and I'm sure for you all as well, is we don't know what that role is going to look like. You got to throw Daryl Williams in there as well, who's played uh, tremendous in relief of Clyde Edwards Alaire, had his first uh, year going over 1,000 scrimmage yards. So he's a threat in the run in the pass as well. We know Andy Reid loves to use his running backs in the screen game. They see the short pass as an extension of the run game. Uh, I see Jarek McKinnon coming out as the running back one, but frustrating to many, Clyde Edwards-Alaire will have a role, in, and possibly that role includes some goal line work as well. We got about a couple minutes left here, Aaron. I want to ask two more things for you, so we got to go rapid fire. The betting market thinks that this game is going to be more high scoring than last week's classic. That total between the Chiefs and Bills closed 54. The total at BetMGM for this game is 54 and a half. Do you agree with that sentiment that we see the fireworks or the defense being a little disrespected in this matchup? Uh, I think we do see fireworks from Kansas City, but I remember uh, Cincinnati having some trouble on offense last week. I know that's a number one seed in Nashville. I know that's the Tennessee Titans and what they present. Nine sacks, obviously tied an NFL record there. Maybe more of the fireworks come um, from Kansas City side, and we see the under hit in that situation. Also, now it's the moment of the truth here, Aaron. All right. I want you to be careful with what you do here, because last week you said you like the Bills to win that game. You were looking smart until 13 seconds. What is your prediction for tomorrow's contest between the Bengals and Chiefs? 
I'm staying safe this time around, man. I don't want anybody knocking on my door. I don't want anybody running to me the grocery store. I got the Chiefs advancing to the Super Bowl for a third straight year. 35 uh, to 14 is my score there, and it's not a very close game here in Kansas City. Like I said, bottle that emotion up, that tire-die sensation that Kansas City was feeling and many around the kingdom were feeling with 13 seconds left. I think that motivates them in this game. Uh, And then going forward, one more left. Aaron, did I hear you correctly? You said 35 to 14. Uh, I, I, did I say 35-14? That's what you said. That's what I wrote you down for. 35-14. I, 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 I didn't know the bars opened this early in Kansas City, <laughs> but hey, welcome to Vegas East. Hey, you know what, Aaron? If they make the Super Bowl, he promised us last week some barbecue from Kansas City. Look, I don't so worry about the barbecue. Sure. Win, win or lose, I want you back on the show because I like your energy and enthusiasm. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to straight up barbecue you if they don't win by 21. <laughs> Have me on. Let's do it. I'll see you soon. <laughs> he is Aaron Ladd, sports anchor of KSHB in Kansas City. Aaron, appreciate you joining us. On the other side, we're going to react to what Aaron just said. Also, trends to track on Conference Championship Sunday. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. GM welcomes you with a special offer on the last pro football playoff round before the big game. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either game, and if any team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in this weekend's games. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Championship Sunday weekend in the NFL. We got college hoops going on. We'll get into our 
Championship Sunday thoughts here, but we want to clean up some things in college basketball. We got some games in the 9 o'clock hour coming down to the wire. The Duke Blue Devils, they lead Louisville 61-60. Duke went off as 6.5-point favorites. On the live line right now, they're 3.5-point favorites, total 151.5. Butler right now leads Georgetown 52 to 51 with 251 to go right now at Hinkle. So Amal, you're sweating something out here with this Duke Butler parlay that you got going on. Could go either way. We're hoping that it goes to the cash for you. Yeah, absolutely. Just a plethora of turnovers by both sides in the Georgetown uh, Butler game. 26 combined turnovers. Uh, you mentioned a one point lead uh, for Butler right now. Duke also with a one point lead going to the free throw line. Uh, some good finishes here. You know, Michigan, uh, Miami was up uh, 17 or 18 even up on uh, Georgia Tech, and they have now whittled that lead down to nine. TCU has uh, squandered their lead against uh, LSU. LSU has now cut that to a three-point lead. They were trailing by 14. Uh, LSU's been a dangerous team coming back in games this year, something to pay attention to. Yeah, the LSU team is really good defensively. Uh, their metrics have been off the charts in terms of defense. I'm not sure if it's Will Wade's best team, but it's a pretty good team for the Tigers as they were three-and-a-half-point underdogs have now creeped into that game, trailing by three at the under-eight timeout. For your Butler Bulldogs, they went off as six-point favorites, total 141-and-a-half at close, but you took the money line, paired that with the Duke Blue Devils, so we'll see how that one unfolds. Michigan and Michigan State has kind of the Spartans – Pulling away from the rival Wolverines in that in-state showdown. Right now, they lead it 47-37 to at the under-16 timeout of the second half. Michigan State now 10.5-point favorites on the live line total of 143.5. Yeah, it's amazing. All these games right now we're watching are really having tight finishes. And by the way, Femi, we got about 10 minutes left in this segment. There's a minute 57 left in the Butler game. I have a strong feeling this game will not be over by the time we go to commercial. <laughs> oh, there's no chance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's absolutely it truly no is unbelievable how you see these games play out sometimes. College basketball endgame, uh, it's money's changing hands, swinging different sides. It can be absolutely exhilarating or infuriating, depending on which side you end to be on. NFL, Amal. Yep. Let's get to Championship Sunday. We'll keep traps on everything in the college hoops ranks. It's interesting. I want some. I, we pulled out some trends from Steve Mackinnon. You can get this. One of our guys on Point Spread Weekly. Really great stuff. If you're not subscribed to Point Spread Weekly, to subscribe to Veasan for that matter, you're missing out on a lot of actionable information. If you want to win in terms of betting the NFL here, because Steve does a great job every week. Put out some trends that have to do with Championship Sunday, and this trend is Championship Sunday, and also kind of fits in with the playoffs as well. But I want to ask you about this. The outright winner has covered the spread them all in all but five of the last 40 conference championship games. That is an 87% clip. Now, this playoffs, we've seen all 10 teams who have won also cover the spread as well. Last week, we saw a lot of underdogs win outright. Wild card weekend, we saw a lot of the favorites win and cover the number here. What do you make of this trend to where these teams are just taking care of business if they are underdogs or if they're the favorite, they win in style? Well, let's start with last weekend's games real quick, right? Uh, you, you know, San Francisco, the number was short enough where you felt like if they were going to cover, they had a chance to win. They did that. Rams, same thing. I thought that three points was just a sign for being at home. I thought the Rams were very much alive. I thought it was really a pick em type of game. Cincinnati, I think, what were they catching? Three and a half? Three and a half. Or four, I believe, actually. At okay. close. So, another opportunity right there. So, you see these games really coming down to the wire, an opportunity um, – on both sides. And then, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs getting the win, only the cover because it was less than a field goal. So whichever side was going to win that game mm -hmm. was going to get the cover in all likelihood. 
Yeah, the games, I think that's a really good point that just goes to show how closely like m- these games are in terms of a spread. Right. Because the teams, once you get to this point of the season, they're all evenly matched. We all know what the sides should be on. So it's almost like a game of pick the winner. Don't even worry about the spread Absolutely. here. But I, the reason why I wanted to ask you that is because you've been saying it throughout the show that you think the Cincinnati Bengals can cover this number, but you don't necessarily believe that they can actually win the game tomorrow. Yeah, because here's the difference, Femi. You could be down by 11 I'm sorry, 10, 11, 13, 14, you could score a touchdown and you can get a cover. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things you may see is Cincinnati scores, let's say with two and a half minutes to go, they're down 14. They score and they make it a seven points, eight point game. They could go for two to make it a six point game and potentially take a lead on a touchdown. So just something to pay attention to. Another trend that's interesting in my opinion is that hosts, the team, the host that's hosting the home team, 13 and 3 straight up and 11 and 5 ATS in the last 16 conference championship games. Now, last year we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to Lambeau Field, win as three and a half point underdogs, I believe they were. But home field advantage has mattered in these conference championship games, but it might not matter in one of the games tomorrow, though, Amal. Well, I'll tell you what, to me, it really does matter because being at home is such an advantage, right? I mean, you get so many things that just seems like that are in your benefit or favor. You don't have the travel. It's just that crowd noise. I think those things are all a factor. But this Rams-Niners game is interesting from that perspective, though, because you look look at it. We saw week 18. There was a lot of red at SoFi Stadium there with the 49ers faithful or whatever they call themselves uh, flooding the Rams home field. But we've seen it throughout the week. The discussion has been about how the Rams are trying to make sure that you have to buy the tickets from a certain zip code or, or whatever to make sure that it's, but it's a lot of Rams or 49ers fans who live in the LA area. I'd, I'd venture to guess that the Niners are more popular than the Rams are in LA. What do you think we're going to see tomorrow afternoon at SoFi Stadium? I could it almost going to look like a bowl game or it's it, 50-50 split. I like your statement on being a bowl game type of scenario, but I'll tell you what. When you turned on that game in week 18, I'm telling you right now, you were hard-pressed in the lower bowl to find a blue jersey. It was, it was all red. It was absolutely – I mean, there's fewer fans in Santa Clara. I mean, it's really unbelievable <laughs> what you see uh, out, of, out of these uh, 49er fans. So just something to pay attention to in this matchup. But I, I think you're right. It negates the home field advantage. And really, SoFi should be a terrific home field advantage because the dome would retain the noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but neither the Chargers or the Rams have that. It's going to take a while. It's going to take some generations to build some that's, Rams That's a great fans. point. It's, it absolutely yeah. is. It's kind of what we saw with the Arizona Cardinals whenever when they first moved to Phoenix. And you saw Dallas Cowboys fans infiltrate Sun Devil Stadium whenever they took on the Arizona Cardinals. But it's something about that red that it just pops in the stadium. So it might be... There might be not be as many 49ers fans as we think there are, but when you see all those red shirts, those red jerseys, it just looks absolutely overwhelming. And we might see something similar for the L.A. Rams, who Matthew Stafford said that they had to go silent count in that Week 18 game. Imagine having to go silent count with the NFC title on the line and you're the home team. Absolutely right. That's unbelievable. I mean, you know, we talk about getting home field advantage because of the crowd noise. We know how tough Arrowhead is. You grew up in Seattle. You know how tough it is yep. over there. What is that? Century Link Quest? I don't even know what's Lumen called. Field now. What is it? <laughs> Lumen Field. Century Link turned into Lumen, so now it's Lumen Field. I don't even know what that is, but uh, it's, it's, it's what they call Century Link. Now. I, I got that. I was able to decipher that, buddy. Um, but you, you know, you know, you've been there. You've covered games there. How tough yep. it is with the crowd noise. It really has an impact. And it was a big impact last playoffs. I was covering the game when the Rams went there, and there was no fans in the stands, which was a weird situation. Rams win that game with Walford was a starter, but Goff ended up playing the majority of that game. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. 
Another interesting trend here, Amal, teams that close as seven-point favorites or higher are 12-5 and five straight up, but 6-11 and 11 ATS since 1999. Conversely, hosts favored by seven points or fewer are 14-5 and five straight up and 13-6 and six ATS in their last 19 tries. So this one is almost kind of favoring Cincinnati to get within that number tomorrow. But think about it. I like this point you brought up, and simply because these are two of the four best teams in essence. Maybe not necessarily completely the best, but you're right there, right? Close yeah. enough. So these games are going to be fairly competitive. So if you have a line that's skewed over that number, it, it seems like a more difficult scenario to be able to cover that type of situation. Yeah, you just have to be overwhelmingly better. And maybe the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs are, yeah. are overwhelmingly better than the Cincinnati Bengals as the market had them as three-and-a-half point favorites in Week 17, the game played in Cincinnati, as your Michigan State Spartans are just absolutely smothering Michigan 53-38 is the score right now as we approach the under-12 timeout in East Lansing. Duke has also started to pull away against Louisville and the Yum Center out there in Kentucky right now. 12-point lead for the Duke Blue Devils. We're keeping tabs on that game on the live line right now. 11.5-point favorites. They closed 6.5 with a lot of money coming in on the Louisville Cardinals uh, before that game right there. Also to clean up things, TCU, three-point lead right now, 5.15 to go against LSU. That game, TCU, 2.5-point favorites on the live line. We'll be discussing a lot of college hoops. Got Aaron Torres joining us in our number three, Fox's college basketball writer. But on the other side to start our number three, we settle things down and we take another look at the championship games in the NFL coming up tomorrow, AFC and NFC. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.